0: It is, uh, it is Christmas time, right? I mean, we're done with Halloween. That was a month ago. We're done with Thanksgiving, which I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you enjoyed spending time with family, friends, watching football, eating, Black Friday, which starts on Thursday and goes through next Tuesday, all that kind of stuff. Hope you enjoyed all of that. But now we're getting, now, now now the light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's Christmas time. We, we see that, I mean, some of you were posting back in February, there's many more days until Christmas is here, right? I mean, this is what we, a lot of us look forward to. And if you, I, I don't know how you choose uh, to think about Christmas or to celebrate Christmas. You probably have a lot of different family traditions. There may be some of you in this room that just like, it's a, another commercial holiday and I really don't get into it at all. But whatever reason you... Or whatever focus you have during Christmas time, it's one of the things that our, our church family chooses to celebrate. We have a lot. Of, you may have a lot of different reasons why you choose to or choose not to focus on Christmas and on the on the on the birth of Jesus at this time. I mean, maybe maybe there's things you focus on more like Santa and presents and decorations and cooking and and maybe even some football games, the snow, the cold, whatever it is. And then maybe you add to that the the focus of the birth of Jesus. And celebrating that and, and, and being um, more focused on that maybe than we are the rest of the year. And maybe there's some of you that, that that's just not part of what you do. You're into the presence, you're going to travel, you're going to see family, but the birth of Jesus maybe isn't your focus. And if you're like me, and I've told this church family this before, I grew up uh, in, in, a, in a church, I guess, background, a, a church culture where we didn't talk about the birth of Jesus at Christmas. We celebrated Christmas, we had presents, we had a tree, all that kind of stuff. We just didn't talk about Jesus. And Because there's all sorts of reasons to, to believe that uh, he wasn't born on December 25th, and it didn't happen, uh, you know, some of the traditions that, that we incorporate into the story, or at least a celebration of the birth of Jesus, we pro- probably borrow from other cultures and traditions and customs. But you know what? If you've never been a part of this church family before, you, you need to understand something about us. This church family and the the leadership of this church, we believe, first of all, we believe wholeheartedly that what Scripture tells us about the story of the birth of Jesus is absolutely true. That every single word of it is true. We believe that it happened the way the Scripture describes it. We believe that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God and they really did come to this earth and they really was born as a defenseless, helpless little baby. And we recognize that most of the world, at least most of our part of the world, spends the bulk of its time and energy throughout the year ignoring the birth of Jesus and ignoring the grace and the love that Jesus offers and ignoring the sacrifice on the cross and the life that he gives us because of his sacrifice on the cross. But we also recognize that for a few weeks, at the end of the year for a few weeks in the month of December those same people that usually think nothing about Jesus and his presence on, in, in this world and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection for for a few weeks in December will actually pay a little bit more attention to that story that they'll actually pay more attention to the birth of Jesus that they'll actually be more willing to act with with love and with service and with giving, which is the kind of life that he calls us all to. And they're more likely to do that during this time of year. And they're more receptive to the gift that he offers of grace and forgiveness and, and hope, more, maybe more than any other time of year. And because of that, this church family is going to find ways to talk about and participate in and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're going to celebrate that amazing story, and we're going to focus on the blessings that that come to us because of it. And we're going to hopefully figure out ways to share that message with other people. So I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad you're here to, to, if nothing else, to be reminded of how awesome the story is, of how amazing it is, as as Sawyer always shared with us this morning, that, that Almighty God, The creator of everything was willing to put on flesh and blood and not just put on flesh and blood and enter this world as a mighty warrior, but to put on flesh and blood and enter this world as a defenseless, vulnerable little baby and be laid in a feeding trough in a barn in the Middle East. That's how God chose to step into our world. And it's an amazing story. And I'm so thankful for it. And I'm so glad to celebrate it with you. Now, having said that, I want you to think about for just a moment, what's your favorite part of just the Christmas holiday? What What's the one thing when somebody says, hey, man, let's, you know, it's, it's Christmas time. What's the, the thing that you look forward to most about that? What's the first thing that popped in your head when I just asked that question? And I want you to turn to the people around you and just, sh- just share it real quick. What's your favorite thing about Christmas? On your mark, say Go. Okay. Some of y'all may have gotten them five or six favorite things. Yell it out. What's your favorite thing? I think this whole front row here, right here, said presents, or at least some of y'all did. Okay. Anybody else? What's your favorite thing? Presents. You already said presents. What else? Christmas lights. Christmas lights. What else? Family. What else? Anybody, no, no Christmas, Christmas trees and Christmas carols? Nobody likes the, you kind of like the carols? Food, anybody, favorite part of Christmas is the food? Not even the big meals, just the cookies and the candy. Thank you guys, I appreciate that. Okay. We all got different things that we focus on, different things that are our favorite things about Christmas. And, and to be honest, I'm kind of like these guys on the front row. One of my favorite things about Christmas is the gifts. And I know that, uh, I, bear with me, I know that sounds kind of selfish. Um, but I—that's I, just one of the things about the Christmas holiday that I appreciate and I and I focus on the, the, the most. Not just getting them, although you know when I was growing up, I, it was me and my sister, my older sister, and every Christmas—I don't even know how many years we did this—but but you know the the packages started appearing around the tree, and you know every few days there'd be maybe another one or, or a couple of more, and we would get to the point where we start counting. And I'm not saying we had, like, mountains of presents. But we would still, whatever was under there, we started looking at tags and seeing whose name was on the tag. And we start counting to see who had more. Anybody else do that? Okay, thank you for confessing along with me. I appreciate that. We count. And it had to be even. And if it wasn't even, man, mom's going to hear about it. Like, why? Does she have more than I do? Or if it wasn't even, if, if, maybe, if maybe my sister had a few more, yeah, but look at the size of this box. I mean, you have, you have one more than I do, but I got the bigger box, you know. And it was also like trying to figure out like shaking and trying to figure out what's actually in there. And you didn't want to shake too hard because what if you broke something and then that wouldn't be any good. But you wanted to try to figure out what's in that gift. Man, I love that part of Christmas growing up. I still enjoy just, just seeing the presents but it's not just about getting those things and counting how many boxes I get. It's, I, I enjoy giving presents. I really do. I know that's like the preacher thing to say, but I really do enjoy that. I enjoy the excitement of seeing you about to open what I took the time and effort to pick out for you. And maybe you didn't like whatever I got you and you got to put it on the face like, oh, thank you so much. I love it. Practice that, by the way. If you haven't done that already, you need to but I, I enjoy the giving the presents and, and I enjoy the, the whatever it is that somebody thought enough of me to get for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, Christmas gifts has to be one of my favorite parts of Christmas itself. And I'm guessing that if we, if we kind of took a poll of the audience, we, there'd be several of us that Christmas gifts is, is important to us. It's what makes Christmas so special for us. And honestly, that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, starting today. is Christmas gifts. We're going to be celebrating. We're focusing on celebrating uh, Christmas gifts. And, and it's, instead of the gifts that we necessarily give each other, we're going to be focusing on the, on the gifts that we get from God. And it's not anything that we can shop for at the store. It's not anything that we can return. It's not gifts that we can order online. These are gifts that are beyond value. These are, these are the gifts that money can't buy. These are the things that God has, has given us freely because he sent his son into this world. They're gifts that, that God gives to us through Jesus and because of Jesus. And, and that's what we want to talk about beginning today. So one of the gifts that we give because of Jesus coming to this world, because God sent his son as a little infant and laid him in, in a manger, what's one of the things besides just, just the presence of Jesus himself, besides that, what is it that we get from that? What, is, what has God given us because of that? Well, one of them we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 1. So if you got your Bibles or your Bible apps, feel free to turn to Matthew chapter 1. You got your Bibles, it's divided into the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. It's the story of the life of Jesus here on this earth. And when Matthew tells the story, he starts out by describing Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. And Joseph was engaged to be married to this girl, Mary. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of God, Mary becomes impregnated with The son of God with Jesus. Well, Joseph is engaged to this girl, and all of a sudden she's pregnant. And Joseph's like, that ain't my kid. And he's obviously probably upset about it. But he's also worried about the scandal that it would cause. He's worried about not only his own reputation, about his fiance looking like she's had some kind of sexual relations with somebody else and having somebody else's child. But also he's worried about the scandal for her and what what consequences she might suffer because of this. And so his plan is, you know what, I'm just going to sever this engagement, just going to break this off and and not really tell anybody about it. And hopefully she'll be okay and I'll find somebody else and we'll just kind of go our separate ways. That's his plan. And an angel appears to him one night and says, you need to marry this girl. You need to stick to the plan, the original plan that you had. Because the child that she's carrying is from God. And then the angel says this in in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. She's going to give birth to a son. And when she does, you're going to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save people from their sins. the Hebrew version of the name Jesus means Yahweh saves, or God saves. And so that's why Jesus has the name that he does. That's why the angel said, this is what you're going to name Jesus when he's born. Now, what I want you to pay special attention to is why the angel said, give him the name Jesus, because he's going to save people from their sins. This baby that I'm sending into the world, this son that you're going to raise as your own, he's going to deliver people. He's going to save people from their sins. And, and this, I, I, just to remind at least our church family or, or those of you who didn't know, this original ancient Greek language that this was written in, this word that we translate as save is a Greek word that carries with the connotation that the definition of it is actually to be delivered from something dangerous, to be rescued from a a potentially destructive situation. I want us to to move beyond just what we might think of when we think of in in church speak of being saved. And I want you to think of what, what the angel is telling Joseph here is this child is going to rescue people. He's going to pull them out of a, a destructive situation that they can't get themselves out of. He's going to rescue them from that. That's what this child is going to do. And folks, that is the gift that I want us to focus on today. The gift of rescue. The gift of, of God choosing to rescue us by sending Jesus to be born of a virgin, by sending his son to be laid in a feeding trough. And in that moment, when that birth happened, when he's laid in that hay, in in that stable, God is giving us the free gift of being rescued, of being saved, of being, as we've already sung about this morning, of being set free, of being delivered. Okay, being rescued, being delivered from what? What? He rescued me from my sin. Because Jesus chose to come into this world, because he chose to enter our messy world, my messy world, I have been rescued from my sin. We are all the creation of God. God designed us to look like him, to be in his image, to act like him, to talk like him, to be Exactly as much as we can be like God in this world. And He designed us to have connection with Him, and He designed us to be in relationship with Him. And yet every single one of us has chosen to walk away from that. And that original design that He had for us, the original plan that He had for us, we've all messed that up. I mean, the word that we call sin comes the original meaning of that word means to be aiming at a target and to miss the mark. I draw the bow back and I'm shooting the arrow and the arrow goes off in a different direction. That's the kind of concept that that sin should, that word sin should bring up in our minds. That we have this life that we're supposed to live, we have this design that God created us with. We have this plan and purpose for our lives, and we choose something else. And we go off a different direction. We miss the mark. We fall short. We become separated. From the God who designed us to be like Him in the first place. And so, going back again to Matthew chapter 1, when, I mean, the angel says it himself, when this son comes into this world, when this baby comes into this world, you're gonna name him Jesus because He is going to rescue people from their sins. He's going to redeem them from missing the mark, He's going to rescue them from falling short. Folks, I'll be honest with you, I'll be the one to confess to every single one of you. I fall short, I screw up, I mess up all the time. I do things, that, and, and I feel sorry for them, and I swear I'll never do them again, and then I do them again. I do things that I'm embarrassed of. Probably a few things that I hope you guys never find out about. And those, those sins stay with me. They, they grab hold of me. They control my thoughts. They control my heart. They keep me separated from God. They imprison me. But look, look at what Jesus does. Look at the gift that we get because of him. He rescues us. He rescues me from that. He forgives me. He washes me clean. He sets me free. I don't have to deal with that sin anymore. I don't have to deal with that guilt anymore. Why? Because Jesus came into my messy world. set me free. He rescued me. Paul describes it, if you go a few books over from uh Matthew to the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, Paul describes this whole situation. He's even even a Christian. He's given his life to Jesus. He's preached and told other people about Jesus. And yet Paul describes himself in the middle of trying to live the Christian life, trying to be the kind of person that God wants to be. He says, you know what? I know the good things that I need to do. I know the good things I want to do. And all the good things that I need to do and want to do, I don't do any of that. And I know all the bad stuff that I should stay away from. And I know all the choices that I shouldn't make and the things I shouldn't do. And you know what I keep on doing? All of that stuff. And I I desperately want to be this good person. I desperately want to do the things that God is calling me to do and has designed me to do. And yet I keep finding myself going back again and again and again to the things that I hate and I do them anyway. And then he describes his situation this way in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. He says, what a wretch I am. I'm miserable. And who will what? Rescue me. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the greatest gifts God has given us is rescue. Rescue from our sin. When I look at the manger, when I choose to believe the story of how Jesus Christ came in this world, I need to celebrate the gift of, that God gives me through the baby in the manger of being rescued from my sin. He also rescues me from darkness. Because of Jesus, I've been rescued from darkness. And darkness is how Scripture describes living that life separated from God, hiding in the shadows, hoping that that no one sees the choices that, that I've made, hoping that no one sees my flaws, hoping that no one can see my failures. Or maybe even not, not, not even wanting to see those things myself, recognize I'm this dearly loved creation of God and how, how often I fall short of that or walk away from that. and, and I'm moving through the darkness of, of guilt and of fear and of depression and despair and anxiety and worry. But you look through this scripture, you know what you know what this Bible what this scripture describes God as? He's got a light. He hates the darkness. And our God is, is, is a God of light and, and, and hates that his children find themselves in the darkness and can't do anything to get themselves out. That we are wrapped in the darkness of our sin. We are wrapped in the darkness of our guilt. Even when those sins are forgiven, we, we still find ourselves in the dark, choosing to hold on to the guilt of, of past choices that we've made. Convinced that we don't belong in the light. And because of that, God sent his son into this world. Into this world filled with darkness and filled with sin and filled with guilt and filled with hate and filled with hurt. God sent light. That's how John describes in John chapter 1, beginning verse 4. He says, in him, talking about Jesus, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. No matter what Satan does to try to drive out the power and the presence of God, no matter what Satan does to try to convince all of us that we don't belong in the light, that all we can be is darkness, no matter how much he tries to convince us that that lie is true, he can't overcome the light of Jesus Christ. And John goes on to say, the true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. As a baby in a manger, we weren't designed for darkness. We were made. We were made to live in the light. And so God sent His Son into the darkness, where there was hurt and anger and selfishness and lust and pain and guilt. And He sent His Son to His children that were imprisoned in darkness. And through a baby lying in a manger, God proclaimed, into the darkness, let there be light. Paul describes it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He says, We he has, what's the word? Rescued. We can all say it louder. He has rescued. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. From the power, from the kingdom, from the control of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, He loves. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is to rescue us from darkness. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be in despair. I don't have to walk through this life thinking there is no hope. I have light. I've been rescued from the dark because of the little child lying in the manger. It's an amazing gift that God has given us. God's rescued me from my sin. He's rescued me from darkness, and He's also rescued me from death. I mean, why? Why ultimately did God Jesus send Jesus to this earth? Just to give us life. Jesus even said that's why he came in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He says, "This, this is why I've come. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, have it overflowing. If you can imagine holding the cup and pouring water in it and continuing to pour the water as the water overflows the cup and runs down your hand and onto the floor. That's the kind of blessed life that Jesus says I came to give you. I want you to have a life that is overflowing. Not just with material stuff. Not just an overflowing bank account. And not just overflowing Material things and not just overflowing uh, uh, power and prestige and popularity and all those kind of things. I came to give you a life that is full of love and acceptance and hope and peace. Not where you're just barely scraping by, not where you're just hoping that you find something, some glimmer of hope in this world, but so that you can open your eyes and see how much God is lavishing, dumping his love uh, and his joy and his forgiveness and his grace all over you. That's the kind of life that Jesus says, I came to give you. To rescue you from a pointless, meaningless life to rescue you from from a life that says there is no purpose here. And ultimately, to give us life when this life is over. I mean, the ultimate consequence of our sin, of missing the mark, of falling short, of being separated from God, the ultimate consequence of that is death. Eternal separation from God. And and there's life in the Son, there's eternal life in the hands of the Savior in the manger. There's freedom from death that comes directly from the creator of life. Jesus said in in John chapter 3 and verse 16, a familiar verse to many of us. He said, God so loved the world... God so loved every single person in the world, all those who have lived before us, all those who will live in this world after us, all those who love our almighty God, all those who curse his name. God loves this world so much. They sent Jesus to step into our messy, broken, fallen world. So that... If we believe in him, if we believe that the story is true, if we choose to make him the Lord of our lives, if we give our life to him, we don't have to die. We get what? Eternal life. We are destined for death. And God says, no, 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 let me rescue you from that. I want to give you Life. It's an amazing gift God gives us, the gift of rescue. Maybe you never thought about it that way before. Maybe it's been a while since you've thought about it that way. But that's when when I, I want you to think about during this Christmas season. When you see a nativity scene, when you see a manger, when you hear that certain Christmas carol, that you think about, even just for a moment, What an amazing gift God has given to rescue you, to deliver you from the life that you were living, from the death that you were destined to die. He set you free from that. So I want to wrap up this morning. there's, There's two things that I have prayed will happen today. And one is that, that all of us would recognize, and maybe maybe some of us for the first time would recognize our need to be rescued. Because I'm, I'm sure that there's some people in this room that, that may be thinking to themselves, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. My life's good. I'm making it. I'm surviving. I might even be doing really well for myself. I don't need this rescue thing that you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Don't buy into the lie that that Satan convinces so many of us is true that we don't need to be rescued. We all need it, myself included. And if you've never known that before, if you've never realized that before, I have prayed this week for you that you would recognize how desperately you need to be rescued. And the second thing is that if we recognize that, that we would choose to accept that gift of rescue. That we would choose to take it, that we would choose to accept it, because it's really our choice. It's God saying, I will rescue you. I will pull you. I sent my son to your world to rescue you. And we still, he loves us so much, he doesn't make that happen. He, doesn't, he didn't send Jesus to grab us by the wrist and yank us out of darkness against our will. If we want to stay in the dark, if we want to stay on the path that we're on destined for death, if we want to continue to hold on to our sin, our guilt, and say, no, I can handle this, that's our choice. And I hope we'll choose to accept the freedom that God offers through His Son, Jesus there's lots of different um, holiday parties that you have been a part of, or are going to be a part of. When I was, this is a long time ago. When I was a teenager, and I was in the seventh grade, got to go into the youth group at my home church, and got to go to my first teen Christmas party. Man, I was excited. I mean, my older sister had already been in the group for a while, and I was kind of, the, you know, the little brother and kind of obnoxious and annoying, but I got to go anyway. And you had to, you, we had this gift exchange, and you had to bring a present. You didn't put a name on it. You just it wrapped up this present, threw it in the pile, and and Everybody drew numbers and you would go when your number was called and you could either steal from somebody else or you could go under the tree and get a present and open that up and then you're stuck with whatever it was. And I can't remember, it's been so long ago, I can't remember if, if it was supposed to be like a silly present or a prank kind of present or a legit kind of present. I can't remember. But I know that instead of stealing from somebody else, I decided to go to the tree and I went to the tree and I got this present and I opened it up. And you know what it was? It was a, it was a package of bath soaps. They were fancy. They were carved in like little flowers and stuff like that. I mean, it was as far as bath soap packages go, it was nice and frilly and and pretty smelling and all that. And you know what I felt about that present? I hated it. My first teen Christmas party and what do I get? Bath soap. And I was about the halfway point of, you know, my number being called. And so other people's numbers being called. And I was going, hey, bath soap. Who wants to smell good this Christmas? And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get anybody to steal this from me. I don't want to end up with bath soap. And I just, you know, everybody was like, huh, yeah, right. And then we'd go get something else. And I got stuck with the bath soap. So you know what happened to the bath soap? Me either, because it didn't come home with me. I just left it there. <laughs> Whoever spent the money on it, I've, I've, I'm sorry, because I, I don't know what happened to it. I didn't take it home. I didn't want that gift it wasn't what I was looking for so I rejected it I don't want any of us anybody in this room to treat the gift of rescue like the gift of bath soap and too many of us do We have allowed ourselves to be convinced that we're fine on our own and we don't need God and we don't need Jesus and we don't need forgiveness and we'll be all good. It's a lie, folks. God has given you right now in this moment through his son that he sent into this world. He has given you the gift of being rescued and you desperately need it and I have prayed this week that you'll choose to accept it. That if Maybe for the first time, you choose you choose to confess your sins, to confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, ask him to be the King of your heart, repent of those sins, be covered in his blood through baptism, and walk in a brand new, free life. Or if you've experienced that before, but you've chosen to run back into the darkness, that you would choose to hear him call. That you choose to hear his voice today saying, I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to pull you out. You don't belong in the dark. You're a child of light. Come with me. And you'll run back to him this morning. So here in a second, we're going to stand together and we're going to sing a song together. It's a song song that, that is all about hearing the voice of God calling to us. Choosing to run to that voice, respond to it, allowing him to wrap us in his arms and say, I love you. You're my child. Let me protect you. Let me keep you in the light. And if that's the gift that you need this morning, then I would ask you to simply just come forward, come to the front while we're singing and say, that's the gift that I want. I need to be rescued today. And we'll help make that happen. If we can help, we want to. While together we stand and sing. The Lord our God is with you.